Well, hi, and welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live different than the world around us. Um, and I'm excited. In a minute, I'm going to introduce some friends that I have here on this episode. But this is the second of two episodes um, that's a follow-up to a sermon about marriage and dealing with questions that have been asked. That um, These ones that we're going to deal with today are largely practical and really came from our congregation at Life Bible Fellowship Church. Um, and uh, I do not trust myself to have great answers for this, so I brought in some friends. So Summer Brown, Hi. our pastor of women's ministry here. Um, you obviously are a woman and a wife, <laughs> but you also yeah. spend a lot of time with our ladies. And I just yes. thought you're going to have some insights into blind spots that I would have. And so thanks so much for being a part yeah. of this. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great. And uh, we got Lauren Van Woudenberg, one of our elders. Um, and you're here because you're old. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, so how long did just in all seriousness, how long have you and Diane been married? 54. 54 wow. years. So I was thinking I want somebody. One of the questions that we'll get to has to do with sort of different stages of marriage, but just the wealth of experience that you've had. And when I watch you and Diane, I just I love watching the two of you together. So um, even though part of it is because you're old. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so thankful that you're here. And Good. And what we're going to do, we, we've got five questions that we're going to walk through together. And um, I, I would say we don't all have to weigh into all of them, but let's be real. We're probably all going to weigh okay. into all of them. I, I know the three of us. Um, and these are all questions that came from our congregation. And they're really practical about just how do husbands and wives live out this great picture of Christ in the church when we have challenges that mm -hmm. we face. Um, and one of the things, you know, Summer, you and I were talking earlier in this week um, and wanting to also couch this episode in saying, um, we want to invite people that there's going to be times that you're going to get stuck and you're going to need to bring in outside help, mm -hmm. um, which I know we'll talk about along the way. But I love you. Maybe you could just even take a minute somewhere and share your heart for that. Oh, absolutely. There are points that we get stuck whether it's um, making a tough decision or maybe there's a character issue that continually comes up. Um, and sometimes it helps just to have a third person in the room to um, assist you through that conversation, to be able to actually walk you through and to, to truly aid you in hearing your partner's heart. Um, so there's that. And there's multiple levels. There's there's um, checking in with a counselor. And oh my goodness, I think all too often we check in a little too late. Mm -hmm. We've been in distress for a little too long. Um, so going to a counselor, approaching some of our pastors here, I think is a really a great thing as well, just to get some, um, some feedback. Um, and then there's also some more in-depth services that are available. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it, it can go, like you said, it can be several levels. Like I just think, you know, Lauren, you and Diane lead a life group. Mm -hmm. There could be times that a couple comes to you and just says, hey, we, we just want to bounce around. We feel a little bit mm -hmm. stuck on this. And, you know, anything you want to share just in light of that? Yeah, I think um, as Summer was talking, what dawned on me is uh, I regularly maintain my cars. <laughs> and I would think it's wonderful experience and it's a wonderful practice to do. How do we maintain our marriage and not just keep going and going, whether that's seminars or whether that's uh, a counseling, whether that's meeting with other couples. But uh, I know we have gone to maintain to different settings to maintain and to review some things we aren't doing or maybe need to change. Mm -hmm. And that's been really, really helpful. Yeah. 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 And so that, 
that that's just a little bit of an umbrella over the different things that we'll talk about today that um, they're going to be, point, you know, Karina and I have been to marriage counseling and it was very, very helpful for us mm-hmm. in some areas where we were stuck. And so I think, I think in the past there was more of a stigma. Some of that's gone, some of that's still there. Um, but we just want to say whether it's, you know, with, with a formal marriage counselor, whether it's with just a, a trusted friend, a pastor, life care, marriage mentors, which mm-hmm. we have at, at LBF Church, um, just to say, um, we, we need to recognize that a lot of marriage issues are not solved by just two people in utter isolation trying to work through these things. Amen. Right. Um, but, but, but let's jump into these questions. We're, we're going to go through these five questions. Um, and the first one, it concerns the idea of what's to be done if the wife is more spiritual than the husband. Mm. And this really in the context of, of saying, hey, we, we believe that the scripture teaches that the husband is meant to take the lead and take that responsibility for spiritual leadership. But sometimes you end up in a situation where the wife's been a believer longer mm-hmm. or she's just been a mature believer longer. Um, it, it, there's lots of ways that this could work for this. I, I want us to maybe narrow it a little bit and talk about it with the assumption that this isn't an unequally yoked situation, which sometimes happens, but this is where the wife and the husband are both believers. And maybe even the wife and the husband both agree, yeah, yeah we, we believe he's meant to take the responsibility to, you know, she wants this, he wants this, but there's some either reluctance on the wife's part because she's like he's he's really not as spiritual mature spiritually mature as i am or there's some reluctance on the husband part because he's like i'm i'm intimidated or daunted by the fact that she knows so much more of the bible than i am she's been walking with jesus longer and just to give some help and how do we how, how does a couple walk through this and so uh, on this one summer I, i'd love to go to you first and have you lead us into some response to this yeah um i think that one of the very first things that comes up because Women, we are very emotional about things. Um, We have this really um, great deep intuition about things, great connection. Um, And so often um, (laughs) we have women who just have this lovely um, deep connection with the Lord and they need practical steps in being able to bring their husband into the role of leading. So one of my favorite steps is to, it's very simple, ask your husband to pick who prays at the meal. That doesn't take a whole lot of effort, um, but it gives a very solid appearance of the husband is the one dictating or leading this area. You might have a husband who isn't very comfortable praying out loud um, with the family, even with you, um, but this is one simple step that we can take where we can put um, put him in that leadership position. Um, and it it it's great for our kids for them mm-hmm. to be able to see that man in that position. So yeah. Yeah. And and very like you were saying, very practical and mm-hmm. something that can be a real partnership. Well and another one would be, and this is something that ordinarily in um in maybe a relationship where you have the husband who's who's stronger spiritually, this wouldn't even be a consideration. Um, but having them pick um, what service you go to, hmm. something so simple, but it's giving them the ability to lead the family. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Lauren, what, what comes to your mind with this? Um, I would be careful of my definition of spirituality <laughs> if I was the lady. Mm. I would uh, also guard like mad the idea of judgment. Hmm. 
she's going to win him. She's not going to win him. That's not her job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. So obviously, uh, I, I don't need my wife to be my instructor. I, she, I think she could easily do things like invite him into some of her stuff. Or invite him in. Can we do this together? That would be graciously received versus saying you need to, or you need to do this. I think of, uh, I just really want to encourage gals not to do God's work. God's mm-hmm. going to bring about the transformation because he can tell if, he, if you are his project. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't want you to be his project manager. What he wants is a wife and a lover and uh, that. And I just think she has to be really gracious. She's going to win him most of all by uh, her life and her character. If she continues to model it and her love for him, uh, I just sense that that will win him over versus any kind of criticism of doing that. Uh, my wife will often, Diane will often say something and uh, leave it at that. And I would rather have her nag me because then I could not do it. Uh, <laughs> but when I get in the car, then the Holy Spirit tends to do its work. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't bring the subject over up again. She just leaves that. And I would rather have her harp. Could I use the word harp on me? Because <laughs> then that puts up my resistance and offense. I can't stand it when she shares it from her heart. And then I get in my car and go somewhere. And I go, you know what? She's right. Mm-hmm. And so, again, she allows the Lord and the Holy Spirit to do the work. So I just think we need to be really, really careful. I think of First Peter uh, chapter uh, three, one, two. You're going to win them over by your graciousness, and so that would be uh, some of the things that come to my mind. Yeah, yeah. I wrote down for this. I wrote down because I I knew I could talk a long time on this. So I wrote down like two things for a wife, two things for a husband, in this okay. to try to keep myself. And one of them relates to to something you were saying, Lauren, um, which which is I think that there's a lot. I think that there's maybe what could feel like a subtle difference, but a real profound difference from the guy's perspective. So so to say it to a wife in this, and again, I'm assuming it's a situation where you're both believers, you both feel like this would be better if he was taking the spiritual lead. There's a big difference between communicating, you're not doing this, and we need you. Mm-hmm. And and so for a wife to communicate to a husband, rather, and maybe it's it's accurate that he's not doing this. He's not living up to his responsibilities here. But for a wife to be able to communicate, we really need you in this. Like the kids really need you in mm-hmm. this. There's deep power in that. And there's, I think that we, we have dysfunctions in how we do this, but the way that God has made us as men, um, there there can be a very beautiful response to the vulnerability of the woman that God has given to us. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly can be misused, but but there's something very positive about that to a man saying, Oh, they like they need me. All right, all right. I want to step up to that. And so to say that could feel like you know, I don't know if this is true, but there might be a woman that would feel like that's basically what I'm saying. But to a man, that could make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And and that goes along with what you were saying, Lauren. That inviting. Um, and then the second thing I would say, and I think that my experience tells me this is true in general of men, um, but especially. If the husband is perceiving my wife is more godly than I am, this this has the potential of being even more true. Um, it's hard for a lot of us as men not to see our wife as our ultimate judge. 
in life. Right. The, the way, and, and there's this odd thing. I, I joked about this in, in the sermon that I did on husbands and wives, where it's like, when we think of the idea of husbands being sort of in, in this leadership role, for most husbands, our temptation is to see our wife as the ultimate evaluator of whether or not we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. We, we need to, to look to Christ for that and not put that pressure on our wives. But I would say, if you're a wife, and your husband's perception is you are more godly than him, chances are good your approval or disapproval is going to be massive. Mm -hmm. Now, he needs to work that through where that pressure is not all on the wife. But as a wife, bringing any encouragement, if he stumbles through a prayer at the dinner table that you're like, that was not ideal, but he had taken the initiative to do it, man, any way to encourage him yes. in that and support him in that will yes. go so far. Um, he probably knows it's not all perfect in that. And so just to to give that encouragement to wives, um, two pieces of encouragement to husbands in this, if, if there's a husband that feels like maybe I, I shouldn't do this because she's more godly than I am. Um, first of all, just to say, there's a reason why God has set things up this way, that there's something that you as a husband are bringing to the table that's beautiful and that's God-given and that's needed. And so to embrace that and not resist that. Um, and then the second piece of advice is to say, um, I think sometimes we can have this sense of resignation, like, you know, well, I don't know how to do this. It's like, maybe you don't know how to do this, but you could. Um, and I just think, you know, I, I am not like a, a guy that knows a lot about sort of, um, you know, fighting or, you know, self-defense, like I don't own guns. But I think if my family was in a different, more physically dangerous context, I would probably avail myself to learn some things that would help me defend my family. Um, right now, it's it's not as high a priority, but I could do certain things. I could say, well, I don't know, you know, how to use a gun. I can learn how to use a gun. I can go to a fighting. I don't know how to sort of, you know, de- defend physically. Well, I can take a self-defense class. And so if a man is saying, well, I, I don't know quite how to do this, you can learn how to do this. And the, the books, and if you're, if you're not a big reader, the podcast, you know, to be able to look at this and say, God has called me to take responsibility for the spiritual good of my family, man, I can step up to this. And I, I can get into the men's Wednesday night Bible study. I can meet with a pastor. I can find out some books that I should read. I can listen to this podcast every week. Where you are right now is not where you have to be at the end. And so there can be a great stepping in to saying, all right, if God has really called me to do this, I want to equip myself so that I could get to a point where I would have more to offer to my family. Yeah. I would I would say that, um, as I mentioned before, oftentimes women are more emotional in their connection with the Lord. And because of this, it's more visible. Hmm. So what may be perceived as them being more spiritual is them being more emotive about yeah. their faith with the Lord. And maybe more capable of expressing it in right. that same sense. And yeah. so putting putting a vocabulary to it. Hmm. Um, but then um, when, we, when we step back and we think about... Um, this question most likely came from a woman saying, "Hey, I'm I'm in this position where I, I'm I'm a little bit stronger in my faith." Um, I would say to that person, um, "Scale back, hmm. keep keep pressing on, keep loving the Lord, keep digging deep, but look at the example that you are leaving with your husband. If you're praying in this very elaborate way with all these Christianese at, at, at dinner, um, what are what are you?" teaching or showing your husband. Um, but going back to the heart of things, going back to simplicity so that it, it feels attainable, um, I think would really help. That's great. Yeah. 
I would love, I'm just putting myself in that situation, I would love and say, uh, let's do this together. Yeah. Uh, how can I help versus you need to? Mm-hmm. Um, so that gracious invitation, I could decline it, but at least I'm being not told what to do. I'm being invited in. Plus there's real, if I'm struggling at what to do and my wife's further along, I can lean on her as we learn to do this. Absolutely. And, I, and so she could become not a teacher, but a, a co-worker in this. Well, and that would feel fu- much yeah. better than being right. told, you better do this. Yeah, sure. a huge help. You know, if, if you're a man and your wife is godlier than you are, or, or that's a perception, that's a gift. That's like, this is great, mm. you know. And then also, and I know now I, I said I was only going to say two things, but just throw <laughs> one more in to say, um, if it, if a wife feels like she's more godly, and, and maybe she's correct, maybe she's not correct, but feels like, no, I'm, I'm further along in my walk than my husband, you might not do this, but if, if you ask your husband a question and ask him to weigh in on something, man, that would be huge. If you're just saying, you know, I feel kind of stuck in this really like I, you know, I'm, I'm having this problem with my mom or with, you know, my best friend and feel we're kind of stuck. And I don't know, you know, do you think my attitude is right in this? Even if you feel like, you know, I, I don't want to fully say throw him a bone, but to say, man, that would go so far in him feeling like he has something to offer and he may surprise you with some really great practical help. Um, so, so let's move on. I know all, all of these are, these are good questions that we could talk about. So the second question that came in is, what is the difference between helpful correction from a wife to a husband and a quarrelsome wife? <laughs> um, and so I, I think, you know, I, I mean, I was, I was looking that there's different proverbs, kind of the quarrelsome wife thing comes, comes from some different proverbs. Maybe the, the most evocative one is Proverbs twenty one nineteen, which says it is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. So paints Sheesh. a picture. And, and I think in some ways you could look at this uh, again from, from both perspectives to say, um, if a woman is looking at this question and saying, I don't want to be a quarrelsome wife, like, you know, what, what woman wants that? She's saying, I, I don't want to do that, but I feel like I should be able to speak up if I'm seeing something. Yes. And then from the husband's perspective, there may be this sense of saying, all right, I don't want to be super thin skinned. I, I want to, I want to take my wife's feedback seriously, but is there a point where I might say, Hey, like this is too much. Like we, we need to figure something else out. So um, and maybe Lauren, you, you're always ready to talk. You, you look like you have something here. Let's go to you first. On James this one. chapter one. <laughs> know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Uh, I would never fight fire with fire. Um, I would uh, ask and pray for a, uh, how can I see this from her perspective or his perspective? That's tough to do in the midst of uh, when the blood is uh, warming up and boiling, but uh, how, how can, what perspective is she coming with? Why, why are we dealing with that right here? So can I get in your shoes, so to speak? Uh, that would come to mind. I think of uh, just focusing on the other person's perspective. Uh, something I really had to work on doing is I don't rewrite history. Well, three weeks ago oh. or five <laughs> weeks ago. Right. And I, I try to realize that I'm not going to deal with past history. We are dealing with it today. And, and how can we create? Uh, sometimes you may just need to say a timeout. 
Uh, I know the sun isn't supposed to go down on your anger, but sometimes we might just say, you know what, we're going to stop dealing with this tonight and we will refresh ourselves in the morning. Or if there is time to say, we need to sit down, but let's take, let's walk away for 10 minutes and let me, uh, let me just come down three or four notches and now let's have a conversation. Uh, Those things uh, really come to mind for me. Yeah. Well, I'll jump in here. Yeah. Um, I think there's there's two things that this this comes down to. There's the task oriented thing, um, where it's like um, our husband. We we've asked, hey, would you mind taking out the trash? Task a chore or something along those lines. Um, and then there is the other side of things where it's like behavior or character. So. Let's separate those two. Let's look just at tasks. Um, when we've when we're asking our husband, "Hey, babe, would you mind taking out the trash?" If he goes and um, and he he isn't able to take it out at the moment, um, if we're continuing on it, um, well, then we're starting to become his mother rather than his wife, and that's going to go sideways real quick. So um, the other example for me, oh my gosh, making the bed. This is a thing. This is a thing for for our family. It's a thing. So there is making the bed. Hey, babe, would you mind making the bed? He will make the bed and he'll do it wonderfully. Um, he puts it up. He puts the pillows on. Is it my way? No, because have the pillows been karate chopped properly and everything spread out and like the lines spaced out just the way it's supposed to be? Maybe not. But did the task get done? Yes. Um, so am I going to go down and like to the nitty gritty and start to attack the way he's done it? Or am I going to say, thanks for doing the thing? You know, that those are very different hearts. Um, now we could also go down the road of when that same question is asked, Hey babe, can you make the bed? Um, that would be really helpful. And then there's weaponized incompetency where the man's like, Oh yeah, I'll make the bed. I'll make it in such a way that you never ask me again. Very different things, right? Absolutely. So the to me, it's the position of the heart in this whole thing. Because when we're talking about the other side of things, when we're talking about character issues, and I know, Dan, and when you and I were talking about this a bit, um, you were mentioning uh, when we see maybe a spouse going from one drink every so often to then it's like three, four beers a night. Well, how do we? approach because obviously you care about that person and you don't want to be like i'm counting every drink you're you're taking and suddenly becoming mm-hmm. his holy spirit or his mother that's that's not great but how do we approach them from a place of true concern and i i really think it's do you want to see this man restored do you want to see him living out his purpose and calling in life or is it because you want to rule and you want to have things done your way? Yeah. yeah. The heart. Absolutely. Is the motive to expose or is the motive to restore? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and uh, why are you saying this? Also, I think there are some things, could I, I'm going to use an illustration. Some things are worth a penny and some things are very valuable. Yeah. And I've had to make the decision of this is not worth anything. This is minute. And you know what? I'm going to dwell on the good stuff because this doesn't really matter when it comes down to the bones of life. 
Yeah. And uh, that's taken a while to get there, to be able to say, instead of having every little thing be worth uh, a multi-million dollars, you know what? This is no big deal. Why am I raising this to a level that doesn't belong there? And you're absolutely right. We do not need a mother. <clears throat> Males do not respond well to that at all. Yeah. We need a cheerleader. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And one of the things, well, first of all, a quick joke. I, with what you were saying, uh, one of my favorite ones was that uh, it was saying, ladies, if you've asked your husband to take out the trash, you don't need to remind him every 15 days. Yeah. He will get to it. Because <laughs> I know one of the things for me is when I thought about this question, I thought, well, I mean, I thought, of course, about Karina because I'm like, all women are different. But I know with Karina, like she notices everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we, we joke about male pattern blindness where, yes. where we just, we just don't notice things. And Karina has often said of me and, and I'm not every guy, but she's often said to me, if so, like things are either really important to you or not even remotely on your mm-hmm. radar. So I feel like I want to have compassion. I, I feel like there's a lot of women that probably do feel like, oh, there's a lot I don't say. Like he thinks that I'm nagging him about everything. He doesn't know how many things. So I, I got to say. I, I know there's probably challenges where there's wives who are like, I'm not trying to be quarrelsome, but I'm noticing all of these things. And so to say, okay, you know, that it, it is important to take a step back. It is important to try to think about how he may be receiving this. Just as Lauren, you brought up, this could, the, the shoe could be on the other foot with this, with, with a husband that's harping on his wife for yes. different things. Um, but, but to look at it and, and to say, um, you know, the, the choose your battles thing you were saying, I, I think is really important. And from the guy's perspective, I would say, all right, guys, um, there's probably things that we could do that would make our wives not feel um, like it's a high temptation to sort of micromanage or, or, to, or to be nagging or to do these different things. And so part of it is to say like, all right, if, if you don't want your wife, if it is more of a nagging thing, if you don't want your wife to be nagging you about taking out the trash, you could do something. You could get up right away and do it right then and probably eliminate you know, some of this. So some of this I think could be done for us as guys. I think there also can be some wisdom in saying, if you're a guy and you feel like this is happening, um, to, to try to have a conversation and try to figure out um, what, what, like, what, what is going on. Is there some bigger picture concern that's mm-hmm. happening that could be addressed that, that maybe would just lower the temperature and lower this? Because um, instead of just saying, gosh, he keeps harping on me to do this thing, I'll just do this thing. Um, I'll do it grunting and moaning the whole time about how put out I am. If you can say, all right, really she's been feeling underappreciated or really she's been feeling like the whole burden is on her or mm-hmm. she's annoyed that she has to remind me to, to figure out some of those things and, and to say, all right, there's something to be done about this that could just help the overall situation. And then I would say, again, to the guys, um, if you really feel like, okay, this, like, I, I need to figure this out. Like, I, th- this is wearing me out the way that my wife is interacting with me. I would say, um, try, to, try to have a conversation, have it, when it's not happening, don't have it right after it's happened, but but at a time where it hasn't happened, and and try to do it in a in a gentle way, and and just try to come up with a, an alternative solution. Try to make a suggestion of like, all right, it's important to you that this stuff gets done. It's important to me that you feel my care. Mm-hmm. Here's a suggestion that I have, and it could be a suggestion like like you both were putting out of saying like. 
Um, if it's something like taking out the trash, let's make it where you tell me once and then after that we let it go. And, you know, or th there could be other solutions. And so it may be that a wife is, is doing this and maybe she is sort of like, all right, you, you should pull back. But maybe she doesn't know what else to do. She feels like I'm stuck. This is my only option here. So right. I think that there are things I think that this happens to men and women both. But sometimes as guys, I feel like we we can feel sort of like we're stuck and we just got to hope that something changes instead of saying maybe there's something I could do here. There's something I could do to help the situation. No woman wants to be a nag. No, no woman's like this is what I like doing. So to say uh, a husband might be able to get into a situation where he could help provide a path out of this, where both would be happier about yeah. it. I think of some good phrases. What can I do to help today or this morning? Because sometimes men don't get it. Uh, I, I know I don't get it sometimes. So a simple question helps me get it. Hmm. What can I do today? Is there some things that I could do to do that? And I, I really encourage to never use the word you always and you never. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, my defenses, my walls come up and go, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, because there was one time. You're saying <laughs> never, but there was that time, and I know it. <laughs> and so I think we have to be really, really careful. Uh, my wife has a great phrase. It isn't often what we say. It's how we say it Absolutely. and when we say it. Yep. And it could be almost the same phrase, but chosen with a different way and a different time is often that just takes some wisdom on our part is this the proper way to say it is this the proper time i find uh, something really disturbing is when guys do this in front of other couples or guys about their oh. wife Absolutely. Um, uh, that's a big warning sign for me Absolutely. and it's a, a real sign of immaturity to me if you are raking down your spouse in front of other people mm -hmm. especially uh, if it, you're doing your wife in front of other guys or other couples uh, and I think it's uh, something to really, it ought to be a warning sign that uh, there's a red flag here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, very often, like you said with your wife, she sees things that you you don't see. Um, there are so many women who are carrying the mental load. The mental load, the unseen things yeah. of the family, remembering when your parents' birthdays are and who yeah. sent out a birthday yes. card and who <laughs> is doing the shopping for the school project coming up and all the little things. So there's a whole lot. So one disarming thing that I recommend to women um, if, they're, if, if they're at an impasse um, is to is to come to your husband with a few different items and say, hey, this is what I have on my plate today. Is there anything on this plate Amen. that you think you could take off of That's it for me? That's great advice. Very disarming. What can I do for you? Yeah. So <laughs> then um, the other thing is that I think we need to address is um, – one, well, I hate the word nag. Oh, I hate that yeah. word. It's such a trigger for me. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I use, I use it like ah! right I use it like 18 times when I talk. You're sitting over there. <laughs> so, um, but one thing is, we've we've talked about the verbal portion of this whole thing, and while there is a very big part of this that is verbal, um, in in being a Yes, nag. Um, there, <laughs> there's also the nonverbals hmm. and going back to making the bed. If my husband does the task, makes the bed, and and then I go back a half an hour later and remake it, I have nagged him hmm. nonverbally. Yes, and I have put a wall up 
rather than a bridge. Yeah, you really put a chop in his ego. Yeah. You know, so, oh, his self-esteem. Yeah. yeah. No, these are all, yeah, these are all good thoughts. Hey, as you may have noticed, this episode went kind of long. And so what we decided to do is to split it into two parts. And so in two weeks, we're going to be back with the second half of this episode, tackling the rest of the questions about marriage. I really hope you tune in for that one.